Chapter 3, verses 7 through 14, which is what we're going to be looking at. Um, I think it's yeah, on the screen. And I'll just start us off by reading through it here and we'll uh, talk about it. But it starts off in verse 7. But whatever gains to me, I now consider loss for the sake of Christ. What is more, I consider everything a loss because of the surpassing worth of knowing Christ Jesus by the Lord, for whose sake I have lost all things. I consider them garbage, that I may gain Christ and be found in him, not having a righteousness of my own that comes from the law. But that which is through faith in Christ, the righteousness that comes from God on the basis of faith. I want to know Christ, yes, to know the power of his resurrection, the participation in his sufferings, becoming like him in his death, and so somehow attaining to the resurrection from the dead. Not that I have already attained all this, or I've already arrived at my goal, but I press on to take hold of that for which Christ Jesus took hold of me. Brothers and sisters, I do not consider myself yet to have taken hold of it. But one thing I do, forgetting what is ahead, now, forgetting what's behind and straining toward what is ahead, I press on toward the goal to win the prize for which God has called me heavenward in Christ Jesus. And I mean, the reason I love the whole book of Philippians, but especially this chapter, um, I think this passage really illustrates what it means to come to Christ, to stay in Christ, and then um, to develop yourself in Christ. So it's kind of all three stages if you're at the beginning of the learning. I think it has a lot of great applications for. Um, people in any stage of their faith, um, which is why um, I picked it. And I just wanted to talk about, particularly verse 7 and 8, when it talks about whatever regains to me, I consider lost for the sake of Christ. And so that verse really sticks to me because in high school, I struggled a lot, um, a lot of times with pride. Like that was something I would be overconfident about um, my abilities, maybe with homework or with sports or with friendships. I think I didn't value those in my life as much as I should have. I just kind of took them for granted and kind of assumed that I almost deserved it instead of realizing that there were blessings that God had poured out in my life. But it really took until really the past year that I started to realize that I needed to work for some of that pride and some of the, just the stuff in my past life that I had just taken up upon myself and uh, exalted myself instead of exalted and that's why I really like the first couple of verses. Um, because in verses 1 through 6, which we didn't read, they're not up here. But Paul goes through and lists all of his accomplishments. So back in the day, Paul was a stud. Like he sat at the feet of the greatest teachers of the day. He grew up in Jerusalem, which was like, um, I don't know, the New York College, I guess, for Judea. He had the best teachers. He was a Pharisee, which means he was a very important local person. And he was a lead Pharisee. Um, as well. So he had a lot of power, a lot of influence. So think of like Gandhi, I guess. He's kind of like that. Um, and he says right here, he considers all that loss compared to knowing Christ. And I'm not saying that the things in our life that God's given us our blessings and our talents and the skills that we're good at, those aren't bad. I think what Paul is just trying to say is compared to knowing Christ, those things are nothing. They come after them. You know, if we don't have a relationship with God, if we're not rich in His um, in His mercy and His compassion, if we don't have that that daily prayer time or spiritual time. A lot of those things really just are worth it in the end. They won't pan out. Only um, our relationship is standing with Jesus will. And so I really like how Paul kind of emphasizes that. And the word he actually uses for garbage, he says, "I consider them garbage." Some translations say garbage and trash. 
Um, it's only found, this is the only time it's found in, in the Bible. And it refers to like excrement. So you know what that is. And it's, that's nasty. And yeah, use outside of the Bible, it's some other ancient writings. It's talking about like a happy corpse. Um, so it's just like something that's not just violent, but like disgusting, almost like dangerous, and um, and that's what Paul says he considered his past accomplishments before he be addressed. You know, he was doing all of that for himself. He was focused on himself, and he was working for his own personal gain, and um, really didn't realize it until he was converted. And there's the story in Acts that tells about his conversion on the road to Damascus. I, I would encourage everybody here to read. Just to be reminded of it. But the first couple of verses, there's something that I've really been thinking about a lot because I struggle, I still struggle with that. I mean, there's accomplishments in my life that I think I like to define me instead of realizing that that doesn't matter. You know, what you get on grades or however you, good you are at sports or how popular, things like that. There are things that are in your life, but they're not the most important things. And in verse 9, Paul talks about um, not having the righteousness that comes from law that which is through faith in Christ. And I like this, this section a lot because um, the Jews growing up would have been instructed to follow the law, which is laid out in the Old Testament, especially in the Pentateuch. Um, but when Jesus came, he abolished the law and righteousness comes through faith now. I think around, I kind of thought I had to earn my way a little bit into the kingdom of God. I felt like if I didn't do enough good things, you know, I might not make it one day. And I, I was focused more on myself and what I could accomplish instead of what Jesus could work through me. And I'm sure you guys have struggled with similar things in your life where you felt maybe overconfident about a certain area. Um, maybe you had no. success and um, whatever it might be. But I just want to encourage you all um, to put that success in Christ. Because if Christ doesn't come first, those things are going to fail you in your one day. I have a story about that. Um, this past summer I worked as a server at um, Gondolier. It's a restaurant near my house. And um, after I was done with training, probably like two weeks after I was done with training, I was waiting on a table with a couple ladies, and they both ordered pizzas. One was gluten-free, so she ordered gluten-free crust, and the other just a normal pizza. And you can probably guess what I did. I swapped the pizzas when I gave it to them um, on accident. I was overconfident. I didn't, I didn't check with one of the other servers, which I easily could have. When I pulled out the window, I just thought, I'll know what gluten-free crust looks like. And um, it is easy to tell what it is, but I was just stupid, and I didn't think about it. And I handed her the wrong one. And a couple minutes go by, I come back to the table, and she kind of flagged me down and was like, hey, not feeling so great. Are you sure this was gluten-free pizza? And uh, um, another of the servers came over and clarified it all. I realized my mistake. Um, thankfully, she ended up being okay. Probably took some meds and slept it off or whatever. But um, she ended up being fine, and she was like, don't worry about it. I'm not super allergic or don't have a super bad reaction. And so they ended up working out better than they could have. But I was overconfident in my abilities as a servant. And um, I didn't ask for help if I did it. And I think I was, some of that was from pride. I don't really like to ask for help if I think I can figure it out on my own. And that causes me to make a lot more mistakes than I'm going to And so, assuming that happens to you guys, maybe you think that you've got the test nailed down. You don't even feel like studying for it. And then you get there, you know, it's always the two questions that you need to study about. Or that concept that you weren't there for class. And so, all of us can be overconfident in some ways, maybe carrying things over that we're practical about or that we rely on too much that we think define us. And we're literally to treat those as like trash compared to the rest. 
Christ should be that important in our lives. Everything else just fades away in comparison with it. And I don't want to tell you guys to get rid of the good things in your life. The Lord's blessed all, everybody in the world that comes But sometimes the best things in our life are the barriers that keep us from the fullness of our spiritual life. So it's easy for those um, pillars of success to kind of be stumbling blocks for your relationship with Jesus. And I like that Paul says, even though I've accomplished so much, I've succeeded a lot, I'm one of the most important political people and religious leaders in our land. Once he had that, that road to Damascus experience where Jesus um, became the bright light and came into Christ, he realized all that didn't matter anymore. He was a new man, he had a new life. Um, and it's just a beautiful story. And in verse 10, I think this really illustrates um, what every Christian should want in their lives. First five words, I want to know Christ. I really hope that's a desire of everyone here. And that's, that's a desire that I haven't always had, but I'm trying to have daily. Um, because knowing Christ, in the context of this, it doesn't just mean academic knowledge, it means a personal relationship. So just as you know a friend or someone that you're really close to, you have a BFF, that's the type of relationship we're supposed to have with Christ. Um, and obviously it's going to be more impactful than any, than any um, personal relationship we have with the human. And so I really hope that's your desire. And um, I just love that verse, how it talks about Coming like him in his death and attaining the resurrection from the dead. And in verse 12 and 13 and 14, I guess, all three, Paul kind of goes on this upward trend, which I like. He talks about hope a little bit, striving for it. And that brings me to my main point, which is give up, or give in, but don't give up. And so what I mean by that is give in to Jesus all the things in your life that are holding you back from really trusting him. If it's um, sports or friends or money or whatever it might be there's a lot of different things that are good but if they hold us back from, from christ then we're not using them for the best purpose and so i just want to encourage you guys to give those things to jesus that's something that we can do through the spirit and giving total control to god will really help improve our lives in so many ways i've seen it in other people i've seen it in myself um, i'll just worry about that later but and in the don't give up part what i like Paul doesn't just focus on getting people, you know, baptized. He doesn't just, once they're in, like, good, just kind of let them do whatever they want. Like, he, he really puts emphasis on keeping people invested in the gospel and growing in their faith. I think that gets overlooked sometimes in church. Sometimes we think once someone comes to the faith in Jesus, uh, we just kind of let them figure out what to do. But Paul says, don't give up. When things get tough, keep striving. Um, in verses... 12 through 14. Um, he says, I haven't already attained this or arrived at my goal, but I press on to take hold. Um, and forgetting what is behind me, straining toward what is ahead, I press on again toward the goal. So I like that imagery. You know, we keep pressing on. Being, having a relationship with Jesus isn't a one day thing. It's not just getting uh, baptized is like the first step, but there's so much more beyond that. And there's so much more just richness that we can enjoy in Christ. Um, as we develop our relationship with him. And so I think that's a message that a lot of us kind of need to hear because you know, we're at that point in the semester where we've got interns, we've got intramurals, things are getting busy. We have football this weekend, which is awesome. But sometimes it takes the focus off of more important things. And it's easy to get bogged down in everything that you have going on and to kind of give up on certain areas if you don't have them prioritized. And so 
I just want you guys to think like this church just or summit is just the time that I have on my calendar or that's my time with Jesus or it's God kind of the calendar and I plan everything based around what he would want and what his decisions would be. And I know I haven't done a good job of that at all, but I want to start doing a better job. <clears throat> and I like verse 12. Um, or verse 13, I'm sorry. He says, forgetting what is behind the for and straight toward what is ahead. And that's like imagery that um, he's used in other um, books that Paul's written. And it's of a runner. So when you're running, you're not going to turn around. That'll cause you to slow down, you might stumble, things like that. And so forgetting what is behind means you're letting out of the baggage. And it could be shame, it could be guilt. Um, maybe you, you said something you didn't mean or you did an action that you wish you could take back. Um, it could be something in your past that you idolized or that you made too much of. And that is affecting um, how you approach God how you approach prayer in the Bible. And so he's saying, we forget we forget that, that's in the past. God's taking care of that, he's dealt with that on the cross. And we move on towards what is ahead. And that's what the ultimate goal is, which is the heaven of the goal. And like, growing up, I kind of imagined heaven as this, you know, this great place where there's like chocolate fountains and, and like animals and just, it's like a circus basically. And I'm, I mean, heaven's gonna be pretty cool. There's gonna be like golden roads and there's some really cool things in the Bible about it that definitely we should get us excited. But I think it's so much more than that. I think heaven is like the state of being in communion with, communion with God all the time. And so, and that's something that we can experience a little bit on earth, hopefully. And it's not just a place that you go to, but it's a place where God is all of his, and it is in all. And so that's what the church is supposed to be. Um, and that's what we're striving for. That's what, those verses are talking about. We keep striving for our goal. And that kind of helps because um, I think once you're in a relationship with God for a while, like I grew up going to church, but I think I didn't really make my faith my own for a while. I kind of piggybacked off of my parents or off of friends from church. And so I knew a lot about God, but I didn't really know God that well. And I just assumed that if I had enough biblical information, I would somehow become more righteous and have this um, great relationship. But it's something you have to work at. It's like any relationship. Um, I think about marriage. You know, I haven't been married before, but from what I've heard, the first few years might be super fun. Still getting to know each other. There might be some, you know, something that you find out about them. Um, that's exciting. But then, as, a, as time moves on, you know, things might slow down a little bit. Um, maybe you just don't enjoy being around even if things aren't always as exciting as it, as it looked like when you got engaged um, and first knew that you take a minute because love isn't just a feeling, it's, it's an action, it's an action of, of having kindness and service and like charity others. But I think it's kind of the same as Jesus. At the beginning, it can be exciting. And it is, it's the best decision you can make to be baptized and be But sometimes it can get stagnant. I know I've been thinking of that many times. And I just want to encourage you guys. If any of y'all are coming down the line, if you feel like it's really worth it, you know, maybe I have been in the church for a while or I'm thinking about how it's just with Jesus. It's just not as exciting and everything that is promised to me. I just want to encourage you guys to keep, to keep trying to keep clocking your faith. 
absolutely will make an impact on your life. And I'll share a story about that as well as a second. And oh yeah, so this passage it doesn't picture love really, but um, I want to talk about love because you really have to have love to be love in the So that's what I'm talking about. Love, love is a verb. Just like Paul's mother, love is a verb. Okay, so it's, um, it's not just the feeling that you have for someone or someone that you have a crush on. Love is like the action of, in some translations, it's almost like charity or service. So it's something that you do, not something that you feel. And that kind of gets lost because we only have one word for love, which is love. There's a lot of different types of love. And I think the love that we have for God. Sometimes feel shallow because we're not really respecting that. Love isn't just, you know, the thing you get when you put on and you see sunset. But it's spending that daily time with God and every time I hear you talk to somebody who looks lonely or someone who looks discouraged. And I just think it's kind of a theme throughout this whole message. Not mentioned explicitly, but. You don't have that little Christ in one way, which is going to be your heart. A lot of the things that Paul talks about. And in closing, I'll put in this story. So, another story. About a year and a half, two years ago, I kind of hit a little point. I was just finishing up high school. I was sitting with a friend in college. I was ready to see what UT had to offer. And I kind of challenged God with my I was like, I haven't really seen much.
SAC, JCP, patients who live in a lot of good care. If you ever just feel down, you just need encouragement. But when I talk about the community, many of us here are happy about that. Uh, others are the world. There's somebody to give, there's somebody to give. There's opportunities for them to, uh, to reach out. I would recommend that. It's helping me a lot. And if you're not in one piece of my life, you can definitely work things with this. So I just want you guys to be hopefully encouraged that. To give him everything to Jesus, even when it's not, even when it doesn't feel like it's worth it, and he's going to work amazing things through you. And then don't give up because life's not easy. You know, Jesus never guaranteed a perfect life. No one can give you that, but it's going to be a lot easier to be with Jesus on your side than if you're not letting him go. So just hope that encourages you guys. Yeah, go ahead and sit up. 